Thanks to FreshBooks for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try for free for 30 days. No catch, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash AppleBits and enter AppleBits in the How Did You Hear About Us section to get started. All right, let's get started with the show. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here. I guess I'm your driver for the day. We're just rolling, we're coasting, but you know, it's not the smoothest ride right now. Everyone knows coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. We're gonna actually address that in the show. We got a little something special for that. But most importantly, this show is all about you all. I want you to participate, be a part of it. We get these great voicemails. It really just adds texture to the show. So all you gotta do, record a voice memo, Use the voice memo app on your phone, whatever platform you're on, and then send it to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. You can also write an email with your questions, your name, where you're from. Get right to it. Make it about a minute, minute, 30 seconds, and we will put it in the show. Also, this show is completely independent, and you can support it at patreon.com slash Tong starts at $2 a month. You can go up to $5 if the content that I give you is worth a cup of coffee per month, 10, 25, the $100 platinum level. But the biggest things, you get early access to these shows about a day before I post them to the public. We also get benefits. There's kind of like giveaways at every different tier. And the biggest thing, a completely ad-free version of the show It's a nice flow from start to finish and just a way to support this. So thanks again, patreon.com slash Tong, and I would love your support. All right, there are a whole bunch of new reveals. iOS 14, 9to5Mac got their hands on it. They got inside the beta to really break down some of the stuff that we're going to hear. But I first want to start this off and coronavirus is everywhere. Apple recently came out and said, hey, you can use alcoholic wipes, Clorox wipes to clean your phones where in the past they have said you couldn't do that. So what I wanted to do to bring kind of a little context to this for those of you that have maybe been paying attention to a little bit, more than a little bit, a whole lot, or none at all, I brought in Doc Nock, Amir Nakvi. He's been on the show earlier to talk to us about the Apple Watch and how it's evolving as a health tool. Well, I wanted to bring him in to really kind of break down some of this coronavirus stuff for us, also do's and do nots, best practices. And this is a constantly changing thing but i thought it'd be great to really kick it off with that talk about you know how apple is shut down different events and we've never experienced anything like this before so i'm just going to throw you right into it and then we'll talk about some of the news after this part here's doc knock and i talking coronavirus all right what's up everybody brian tonk here and this is kind of a little different from what we're normally used to doing because Look, coronavirus is everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. It's on your mind. It's on my mind. So I brought in a special guest. This is Doc Nock, Amir Nakvi. He's uh, kind of a contributor and also listener to my Apple Bits XL audio podcast, and he's been a part of the show. So I wanted to bring in really an expert to talk about coronavirus and just kind of some of the things that we should be aware of, best practices. So Doc Nock in the house. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, man. Hey, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honestly honored to be back on the show. No, I love having you here, and you know what? I just appreciate your time and what your community is doing here. I'd like you to just, first of all, introduce yourself because some people might be like, well, why should I listen to this guy? Is he legit? And so I like how you dress for the part, but I (laughs) just tell them. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, I just picked this up at the costume store down the street, yeah. Um, 
Uh, so yeah, actually, my name is Amr Nakvi. I'm a, a board-certified internal medicine physician and also cardiology fellow, uh, finishing up training now at uh, Ascension Providence Hospital in Michigan State University, as you can see on the coat. Um, I uh, will be starting practice, actually, a uh, sh- couple short months in the summer uh, at Advocate Christ Hospital in the Chicago area. Um, so yeah, I think this is a you know important topic. It's uh, I'm sure that people are might be even sick of hearing about it, but it's important, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit. So and I think there's a lot of people though that know about it. Obviously, they're watching the news, but there's a lot of people that still aren't fully educated. They might have a general idea about coronavirus and what's happening. So could you maybe kind of give us some of that background and establish mm-hmm. kind of the foundation of what is coronavirus for our audience? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I do want to just say very quickly, this is a very rapidly changing situation. Um, you know, literally hour to hour, we're getting updates. Um, you know, as of like yesterday, we had a pretty significant shortage in tests. And then actually Trump just declared a uh, state of emergency, opened up a bunch more funding. Um, and also the CDC kind of approved a second type of test. So that's something that's different just in 24 hours. Uh, besides the fact that numbers are also changing a lot. So um, today is March 13th, um, and uh, it might be, you know, different story even in a couple days. But uh, so I would say that, and I would also say, you know, uh, if there are any questions about this, you can always reach out to me, actually. You know, I'm on Twitter at uh, A-M-I-R-N-A-Q-V-I-D-O. Um, uh, Instagram is the same, but uh, otherwise, you know, you really should ideally reach out to your physician. Um, the CDC actually has a, a good call number, if you have any questions, the, the website is great or 1-800-CDC-INFO. Um, anyway, coronavirus, uh, what is it? So uh, you, you'll hear a couple different names and they're really used interchangeably now. COVID-19 is uh, commonly used, uh, novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2. Uh, these are all different uh, names for the same thing. Um, the reason why, uh, so Coronavirus is actually a family of viruses. It's something uh, you've heard before, maybe SARS, uh, which was big back in like 2003, um, MERS or, or Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. And actually, even just the common cold, one of the most common reasons for common cold is, is a family of coronavirus, uh, a member of the family of the coronavirus. Uh, so uh, this is a, a different strain of that. Um, and uh, it's just uh, mutated in such a way that it is particularly more uh, infectious. So um, the two main uh, things that we look at when we're talking about uh, the uh, effect that a virus can have, number one, obviously mortality rates is one. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, right now this is around 1% most likely. Um, There's again, some fluid changes in terms of the numbers. Some numbers you might hear a little higher, two or three. I think in reality it's probably closer to the one and, uh, you know, as, as that compares, for example, to the, uh, the flu that we get every year, usually that's somewhere around a point, uh, 0.15 percent or so. Um, so this is, uh, several times actually more deadly, but, uh, SARS was actually more so it was about 10% death rate and Middle East respiratory wow. syndrome, uh, was around 40. So very, you know, very deadly. Um, but what, uh, this lacks for in that department makes up for in transmission. So um, it tends to be pretty infectious. One person will infect usually two to three other people. Um, and uh, so as a result, you're seeing um, it's already got numbers 10 times what SARS had in a quarter of the time. Um, and so it's 
actually killed basically the same number of people. Um, so, so I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that people are, uh, uh, in the in the beginning uh, can be asymptomatic. They won't have any symptoms at all, so they don't even know they have it, but they're infectious, so they'll be passing it on to other people. So um, that basically is why it's it's in the news everywhere and why they're, you're hearing so much about isolation and everything. It's also been declared a pandemic, and can you also mm-hmm. kind of explain that? Because not everyone knows. I Honestly, I was like, when I first heard, I'm like, pandemic, you know, even me being someone who's pretty much in the know and educated, I'm like, let me look this up. So can you explain yeah. to people really what is a pandemic and, and how it's different yeah. and why we should maybe take this a little more seriously? Yeah. I, you know, you mentioned last week on the show, actually, the uh, the, the game pandemic. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, actually. I remember that game. Mm-hmm. and um, But anyway, uh, <laughs> in that case, your goal was to kill everyone. Obviously, you don't want that in, in, a, in a real world situation. A pandemic is basically, I mean, you've heard maybe the term epidemic. Uh, it basically has to do with uh, the degree to which it affects uh, the world population. So epidemic tends to be more in a certain region that it affects a number of people in a certain region. Um, and then pandemic means that it's basically worldwide. So if you look um, right now, so far, it's affected around 140,000 people um, as of today. Um and um, it started out in Wuhan, China, as most people know. Um, and so it was really at that point an epidemic in China. Um, but it's it has since spread a lot. And uh, kind of getting back to how infective it is, if we look at some of those numbers uh, and how quickly it's spread, um, back in mid-February, there's only around 750 cases outside of China. Uh, by the end of February, it was around 6,000 cases. Mm. And, and now we're around 56,000 cases. So very wow. quickly ramping up and spreading. And it really, uh, if you look at the map um, of the affected areas, it actually touches all, all continents. Other than wow. Antarctica, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. Antarctica, Antarctica, you guys are okay right now. Um, yeah, that, maybe that's we should kinda, all move there. Maybe. I mean, that sound, that's yeah. kind of insane to hear because mm-hmm. I know it's spread everywhere, but when you say it's literally on every continent, it shows how rapidly this is advanced. Um, the thing is, we're talking about it spreading. Apple themselves has done some things where they're shutting down You know, some of the classes. They've shut down all the stores in Italy for a while. They shut down stores in China. They even closed down their factories in China. Can you talk about, like, we know even here in the U.S., we don't exactly know the exact numbers of how far, quite honestly, it's spread because of testing, but how does this actually spread, and is this whole, you know, stay indoors or don't go outside, is that some of the best advice? How, how Why is it really spreading so quickly, or just the nature of it? Right, so uh, I think it's a combination of a couple things. Um in terms of it, in terms of how it spreads, most commonly it's from people sneezing or coughing. Um, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, frequently people may be not having any symptoms at all. Um, and it's really the idea is that it's um, it's what's called droplets. So um, you know, if you have from uh, really more breath or saliva or something like that, um, and uh, a lot of times people might touch their face, they might touch you know uh, they. Uh, again, coughing, sneezing into their hand or something, they may touch uh, a doorknob or, you know, our phones and um, someone else can touch the same object and get it uh, from that. Uh, More frequently, it's actually just person to person contact from being in a close proximity. If somebody coughs, you might inhale it in. Um, There's actually some suggestion that it may actually be spreading more than just that. But I think by far and away, that's the most likely. Um, 
you know, there's a, uh, I read an article this morning, actually, that there could be actually fecal oral, uh, which is, sounds really gross, but basically it's people not washing their hands enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and if you, you know, get it with, uh, with, from food, you can get it that way. But I think, um, that's a little bit less, uh, certain at this point, we know for sure that the biggest thing is droplet. So, uh, getting to the second part of the question, um, Social isolation uh, works basically because if you are more than six feet away from someone, you're less likely that when they cough or sneeze that it's going to reach that distance and that you will be less likely to breathe it in. Um, And then similarly, washing hands uh, can help prevent, um, you know, the, the most common things that you'll hear in terms of how to prevent it is washing your hands thoroughly, 20 seconds, uh, soap and water, get your fingernails, get you the back of your hands. Um, if you don't have soap and water nearby, sanitizer would work. Um, and then um, also that six feet distance. You know, when you honestly, I've been washing my hands, but probably like five to 10 seconds, like yeah, 20, 20 is actually 20 is longer long than time. you think. Yeah, yeah, it's a long, time. A long time. But I've heard a couple tips out there like using um, singing the birthday song twice. I would honestly go crazy if I saying that wait 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 as many the, times a day the, as i do the like, normal one or like happy birthday happy birthday oh, yeah. to you i could do that one too right i, mean, I like that better i like that <laughs> 20 seconds of that to get, drive people crazy i don't think i would get sick of it as much as the original <laughs> that's true that's true so um <laughs> after the washing the hands uh, i guess symptoms right what should people be aware mm-hmm. of because some people think they might have coronavirus when they when they don't what what are some of those things yeah, that's an uh, excellent question. I think, um, and, and what we're seeing actually is in terms of numbers, there are still other causes of getting, you know, uh, a cold or, or something like that. The influenza is still a big issue. Um, and so, in fact, in South Korea, a lot of the tests that they've done have been negative because they ended up testing positive for something mm-hmm. else. But that being said, um, you know, it is important to be aware of this. So, uh Specifically with uh, COVID-19, people are typically re- reporting fevers is the most common thing. 90 to 99% of, uh, of people will have a fever uh, in terms of their symptoms. Uh, other things are like cough. Around 60 to 80% of people will have a cough. Um, and then feeling just tired or fatigued, around 40 to 70%. Um, about a third of people will have a productive cough, meaning they'll have like, you know, phlegm that they cough up. Um Things like nasal congestion, um, uh, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, those kind of things are a lot more rare, um, probably under 5%. Um, doesn't mean that it can exist. Actually, at one point, that was a thought was they, they said, oh, somebody's coming in with like a typical cold with runny nose and that kind of thing. Um, you, you don't even need to test, but we're finding that's actually not true. Um, we are still going to test in those cases. It's just less likely. Um, so, and sorry, go, go ahead, ahead. Go, ahead. Just, go ahead. I was going to say, so that is typically, you know, the, the time course of this is that usually people in the beginning, they'll, they may be exposed and, uh, they might not even manifest any symptoms for the first five to seven days, maybe even longer. Um, but they could still be shedding the virus, meaning they're still infectious. Um, and then usually around that week mark is when they'll start to have these symptoms of the fever, the cough, feeling, feeling tired. Um, and then within um, uh, a little bit, maybe another week or so of that, um, in certain population, about 20% of people will have it progress further to where they start to have symptoms of shortness of breath, 
um, and really symptoms of uh, a pneumonia or a lower uh, respiratory uh, lung infection. Um, and uh, uh, those people about that, you know, 20% of the total will uh, need to go to the hospital and uh, around 5% overall will be more critical to the point where they need to be an intensive care unit. Hmm. Um, and uh, as I said, uh, around a 1%, 1 to 2% death rate right now. All right, this episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. Do you all remember when you started your small business? I do because it still feels like I'm starting it up, but it was no small feat. It took a lot of late nights, early mornings, and more than the occasional all-nighter because bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little easier? Well, our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with a bunch of crumpled receipts will. Create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. See when your clients review your invoices with the FreshBooks Notification Center. You can also easily create custom invoices that have your logo, they reflect your brand colors, and just make them all look nice and fancy schmancy. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part? FreshBooks grows along with your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try for free 30 days. No catch. No credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash AppleBits and enter AppleBits with a Z in the How Did You Hear About Us section to get started today. So the other thing, I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit because we have a lot of people here that, you know, we love tech. We're always touching devices. We're going in. I even jokingly said, like, look at an Apple store. Everyone touches everything. That's one of the places you don't want to be in. But we also talk about our phone. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, are these, this is the thing that we touch all the time. Are these just germ magnets or about our phones? Apple even, you know, they kind of recalibrated what they talked about before they're like don't use any you know certain types of wipes on your phone but now because recently of the coronavirus they said okay we're gonna recalibrate this you can use clorox wipes uh 70 alcohol wipes mm-hmm. what, what what is it about these things that make that make them something that we need to be concerned about with coronavirus yeah uh it's it's uh probably something that we touch more than anything else during mm-hmm. the day, right? I mean, we're constantly, um, you know, the screen time will tell you how much you're <laughs> every week, how much you're using it. Um, and so we take it with us everywhere and we do a good job about, uh, well, some of us do a good job about washing our hands and things like that. But, um, you know, you will then touch this and basically everything you've been touching all day, all the surface has been sitting on has now been sort of collecting this. Um, and so, uh, that's why the recommendation there is to clean the phone. Um, and as you said last week that uh, Apple just recently kind of walked back They're they're saying you should, uh, try to clean it with isopropyl alcohol wipe or a Clorox wipe would work. Um, they do say don't use bleach because bleach mm-hmm. can actually mess up the phone. Um, but I think it's important, you know, um, especially, you know, after you've been playing on the toilet with it. So <laughs> who, do, who, do, who, do, who does that? Doc knock. <laughs> I don't know. Anyone? No, no. <laughs> the other thing here, um, we talked about the phones, but what about just in general people at risk? We've heard about older people or people with um, previous health conditions. Who, who's, who's most susceptible by really being affected by kind of some of the more deadly effects of coronavirus? Yeah. Um, so the general population, everyone is 
basically susceptible to get sick, but the people that are much more likely to end up getting more severe disease or die are statistically the older patients, people generally above the age of 60. Um, and then also people ha who have uh, any smoking history, that's a big one, um, history of diabetes, heart disease or, or heart failure. Um, and uh, someone who's had any kind of lung disease is going to be a little bit more at risk than, you know, someone who would. And so, for example, if you've had asthma, um, maybe increases your risk slightly, but it wouldn't be as much as someone who, for example, has uh, a weak heart. And then, um, but that being said, you know, we, we do have cases of people who are younger, uh, even in their twenties who have had severe disease or died. Um, and they, wow. these are people who have had no prior history of any other health issues. And that, that's the other thing when, you know, we talk about coronavirus, even if you may come off as healthy before you get it, we really don't know. And it's, you know, part for me this weekend, we were, I was supposed to go to Portland, have an awesome time there. There was going to be like a 5k race in Portland, Portland, like many oh, cities man. shut down all events where, um, anything more than 250 people you can't attend. So mm -hmm. just by being outside, we can be carriers and we kind of have to not, this is one of those few things, few viruses. I really feel like you, you got to think about others, along with yourself, but maybe even sometimes before yourself, because there's a lot of people yeah. that carry it that don't show any signs that can sure. spread it, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we're seeing that uh, across really the world, um, but uh, definitely in our in our own uh, country here in the U.S., we're seeing, um, you know, I'm in Michigan, uh, and I think it was day before yesterday, uh, our governor had declared a state of emergency, or maybe it was last night. Uh, honestly, it's changing so fast, mm -hmm, hard to keep mm -hmm, up. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, as of next week, schools are going to be closed. That's right. Um, they did the same thing. They said no, no uh, gatherings larger than 100 people. Um, in Illinois, um, it's uh, 250 right now, but it's the same sort of thing. Um, conferences are being closed. We were supposed to have uh, American College of Cardiology meeting that I was supposed to go to in a couple weeks, which is yeah. uh, closed down. Um, and yeah, I mean, um, social calendars spring up pretty quick now. Um, so we were supposed <laughs> yeah. to go, we we're supposed to be in Chicago this weekend. My, my wife had a baby shower to go to, which has been canceled. And so, uh, we're seeing that left and right for sure. I saw the hashtag, uh, quarantine and chill, uh, yeah. flying, fly, <laughs> flying around there. So <laughs> yeah, have at it yeah. Twitterverse, have at it for quarantine sure. and chill, right? Have for at it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> A <laughs> little bit of Netflix, and uh, if you ha if you haven't yet, um, definitely Dis Disney Plus. I know you're a big oh, yeah, fan yeah. of that. Uh, Mandalorian's <laughs> worth checking out for sure. <laughs> Apple what TV if, Plus. Yeah, I think that these uh, streaming services are getting a little bump in revenue. What What about a uh, you know during the during these times, Contagion? Right? Is that is that is that a yeah? Contagion is a movie came out in like 2011 ish, 2012. Um, I don't think that's a good idea uh, to watch right now. Might make you panic a little bit because it's a uh, little more severe than what we're going through right now. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and but uh, yeah. My girlfriend, I, I wanted to actually rent it just because I was like, I was just like, hey, it's kind of interesting just to see how how they portray it because people have been referencing it in articles a lot. And my uh -huh. girlfriend's like, nope, we're not going to watch that right now. But <laughs> you know, the other thing is the reality of this um, coronavirus. I went to the grocery store last night. I specifically chose 1 a.m. because I didn't want to be around the crowds. Also, mm -hmm. sometimes someone might make a move that gets you a little more nervous on edge. Even I was reaching for some cans of tuna, and there's there weren't very many people there. You know, I know it's been crazy in other places, but I went to a normal shopping uh, grocery store, Ralph's, 
very normal, not like a boutique one that might have some more stuff. And I reached for a tuna can and it was just so normal, but a guy kind of shoved his hand right next to mine, bumped mine and grabbed two. Oh my God. And I was, and I was, it kind of made me pause for a second and it kind of escalates that, Mm -hmm. that edge. And I don't know if in a weird way, being away from people has kind of helped right when I felt that I'm like, Oh man, I could only imagine if this happened during in the morning when there are 300 people in the grocery store mm-hmm. all it takes a few people to kind of get that little panic edge in them and it, it escalates everyone else's i mean i've seen it in crowds before for other, for for sure. other reasons so is is this something that we should be really really um not scared about but what's the appropriate fear right it, yeah. some people on one spectrum some people on the other yeah i think the vast majority of people fall in one camp or the other uh and i think we kind of need to bring everyone sort of in the middle so definitely not any cause for outright panic. Um, if anything, that's just going to cause more problems, more Mm -hmm. harm. And, um, you know, I, I don't really understand the whole hoarding toilet paper thing. (laughs) Um, that's, you know, you gotta have a little bit, but this is, this is like how many rolls of toilet paper. I saw a meme out there actually, um, (laughs) where, uh, there's a doctor who's talking to a patient and he's like, I'm sorry to tell you you of coronavirus. And she's like, how is that possible? I bought 200 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a, to me, it's like a, it's a psychological thing. Like the, there's a lot of uncertainty, panic, uncomfortability, and people yeah, feel like for sure. buy something to make them feel better about the situation, even right. if it's exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there's something about being prepared. Um, and, and that's not, um, unique to this situation. I mean, uh, there could be a natural disaster or something like that where the shops are closed or whatever. So I think it's a good idea to have some level of preparedness uh, in the sense that, you know, you should, um, especially in this case, have, if you're someone who's on chronic medications, have a couple months of medications Mm -hmm. worth um, having uh, some clean drinking water or ability, you know, I think for most of us in the U S it's not an issue, but, um, and then the biggest thing is, uh, really more like dry goods and, and food, um, in case, you know, they put in like a, a, a strict lockdown where people aren't allowed out of the house. Uh, thankfully we're not there yet. And I don't think, um, at this stage there's any need for that. Uh, I think that we can be somewhere in the middle where we're, um, being careful about distancing ourselves from each other, uh, again, six feet, uh, hand washing and all of that. Um, and just trying to cut out, cut out, uh, unnecessary social interaction. You know, um, I think that's especially important for, again, some of those higher risk populations, like older people with, you know, diabetes or smoking history or things like that. Um, I think that is especially important. Um, but you kind of alluded to that fact that it's really important that we think of this, not on a personal level. Um, you know, I, I, I had, uh, yesterday an interaction with a, a young girl who was saying she was like oh but i'll be fine we'll be fine right we're both young um but i think that it's it's important to move that mentality from it's not just about us yes chances are most of the people watching this uh probably will be fine but our parents and you know our neighbors and things like that we we have to keep in mind that um and again, even younger people have even had more severe disease and died. So, um, the best thing is, uh, to try to, to try to cut down the numbers. Um, I have, uh, 
you, you may have seen this thing about the curves also. That's another important thing. I got this little drawing here. Yeah. A little doc knock uh, illustration for us today. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, anytime I draw anything uh, for a patient, I will say uh, I went to med school, not art school. So please <laughs> forgive me. Um, this is, uh, you know, not really much of a drawing. It's more of a graph. But anyway, um, over here we have uh, the number of people that are sick. And over here, we have the amount of time. Um, and so uh, really what we're trying to have is a scenario where we have a slow spread of the disease that we try to control. Obviously, controlling numbers is part of it. But the biggest thing is the manner in which that happens. So if uh, people are slowly getting um, getting sick and it spreads out over more time, even though the number of cases might be the same, um, if you look at this dashed line representing our hospital capacity, we're going to be able to handle it because it's not going to get jammed up. Whereas if all of a sudden overnight you've got a ton of cases, um, that's what's uh, going to end up uh, jamming up the hospital and causing issues. Um, and that's unfortunately what happened in Italy. You know, mm -hmm. they went from having their first case to within two weeks having around like 10,000 uh, cases. It's just overnight. And so you unfortunately have people in hallways in the hall uh, in the hospitals like they just, there's not enough resources or staff to be able to take care of everyone um so that's sort of the idea here about um spreading it out i think a good analogy is thinking about traffic so you know if you think about um at rush hour it's going to be a little more jammed uh and as opposed to if you go look at like two in the morning there, there's free passage of cars you don't need to worry about it now if you imagine uh something like in Italy, it was like uh, on top of, uh, being like four or 5 PM on the 405. Now you want, uh, you, you, you know, you add like there's a, um, a huge convention in town or something like that, where there's a ton of people like say the Olympics are there in LA or something like that. Or a BTS concert gonna, or a BTS concert. Or BTS, yeah. Yeah. It's almost, uh, almost, same almost, level. As, almost as big of a size, um, uh, for, uh, the Olympics as a BTS concert. That's for sure. It's totally true. Um, yeah, fact. Totally that's true. actually a fact. That's actually a fact. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but that's exactly the same thing. It's like, you know, we're trying to keep it to a, a pace that we can keep up with resources. So is there, are there kind of any best practices? I mean, I know here's, here's what I, I'm curious about. We talked about the phone, cleaning your phone, but I still don't see everyone constantly cleaning their phone. I don't know. I think it might help, but are there any general best practices that people should be aware of. And if cleaning your phone and your devices is part of it, that's cool. But, you know, what are you kind of thinking right now? Yeah. So um, by far and away, the most uh, most important thing uh, is just uh, the, the distance of six feet and washing hands very thoroughly. Um, you know, there's a, been a big, uh, a big uh, to do about masks, face masks. Uh, and, um, I think for the general public, there's really no benefit to uh, a regular face mask, right? Majority of these masks, there's really two types. The majority of these masks are these surgical masks that we wear, for example, uh, in the operating room. And the, the purpose of that is to maintain a sterile environment. So we're um, trying to protect the patient from our breath. Um, and so... Uh, that is really not going to protect us as much. We will actually use those masks on a sick patient. We'll put them on the patient and that'll protect everyone else in the room from their, from their breath and their coughing. 
Um, the other type of mask is what's called an N95 mask. Um, and those are they're supposed to form like a tight seal. And um, we will use that even in case of like, for example, tuberculosis, where um, we're trying to completely prevent uh form a complete seal and prevent any uh, passage of air. They're really uncomfortable. Um, and so what you'll see is in, in any kind of mask, we tend to really adjust it and play with it. And the danger there is that uh, particularly with the surgical masks, um, if uh, you have those on and you touch something that is infected, um, when you play with that mask, you've now seeded that mask mm. with that virus. And then it's basically trapping yourself, your breath in a room with that virus. So it pretty much almost can guarantee that you're going to get sick. So that's the downside. Besides the fact that, as I mentioned, we only have a limited amount of resources mm. and um, we really need to try to protect the healthcare personnel, um, the people who are on the ground taking care of, uh, of patients. Um, if they get sick, then there's no one to staff the hospitals. Um, and we're already potentially very easily going to be in a situation where we're going to be at capacity. I think um, one of the things that people don't really think about is that hospitals normally are not empty, right? We, we have only so many hospitals in this country. And um, in general, they tend to be pretty full as is. So what's being done as part of this whole process is people are trying to avoid, for example, elective procedures. So someone may have had, for example, a knee replacement or something that's scheduled. It may be delayed for a while. Um, and that is all being done to basically free up space and free up resources so that we can have as many rooms and as many uh, staff available for, for when this hits. And that, that's the thing that also I think about because due to limited testing that's been available, we really still don't know exactly how much this has spread in the US. My mm -hmm. my expectation, although I'm not an expert of that, it's only gonna go up mm -hmm. right now. We're not anywhere near 100%. where that bell yeah, curve yeah. is evening out or even flattening in any way. So, you know, part of this, people said, okay, stay home. People are working from home. Kids are staying in mm -hmm. school. I'm choosing not to go out this weekend um, for myself and for others. Is this whole idea of quarantining ourselves? Is that something we should start getting comfortable with for the next, I wouldn't even say two weeks, month, two months, three months, because we've still, again, we don't really know here in the U.S. Yeah. what the numbers are like. Right. Um, I, I agree. I think that there's no question that we're underestimating. I mean, I can tell you even there's a number of patients uh, that I've just seen in the own hospitals that I um, am covering that are under suspicion, and those are not being reported, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, there's, there's no question that, uh, we're under representing the number. Um, and the other thing is a lot of people may either not have manifested symptoms yet, or, um, it could just be kind of more mild than they're kind of just treating it at home. Um, so for all of those reasons, we're under reporting the, I think the, the total number, um, I think that probably our best, uh, data is going to be coming out of, um, South Korea. Uh, they're doing a very good job over there, and that's being sort of uh, heralded as the example of how this should be responded to. Um, but uh, I think regardless of the numbers, we definitely do have to be comfortable with the idea of being isolated and being at home. Uh, I would strongly encourage if there's ability to work from home to do that. My wife's going to be doing that. Um, I obviously can't do that, <laughs> uh, but... Um, but yeah, and then, you know, as I mentioned, schools are being closed in Michigan, at least. I think we might see that um, in a number of other places as well. Um, now, that poses actually a difficult, difficult challenge because 
obviously, you know, healthcare workers are people too. We have our own mm, kids and things mm. like that. So that's one of the negative sides. But um, I think um, on the whole, uh, trying to prevent uh, children from sharing, you know, tighter spaces with the with the rooms, um, even though they're statistically a little bit less likely to get it or also less likely to spread it. We don't hundred percent know, but we think that there's they're also a source of uh, of holding the virus and giving it to other people. So even if they may not be as symptomatic themselves. Uh, so, um, and in terms of how long this is going to last, we really don't know. Mm. Um, our best guess, just, uh, looking at previous outbreaks. Um, so SARS was, as I mentioned, is sort of a cousin virus to this, if you will, it's another coronavirus and that tended to sort of die down in the summer. Um, so we think that that probably will happen, but we just don't know. Um, we really honestly never seen, um, in our lifetimes, uh, anything on this scale. Um, I think that the, what it's being most uh, likened to is the uh, Spanish flu, which was in 1918. So we're around a hundred years from that. And um, I don't know. I don't remember it. I, I honestly don't, but you know, Asian <laughs> do Asian del raisin. So maybe I was there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the other Love thing, it. right. I think because we're on the internet all the time, we see a lot of things, we hear a lot of things. Are there things that you've seen that may not necessarily be true? <laughs> like, there you know, just some... stuff, there's stuff out there. There have been some crazy things out there. Um, there's uh, there's this Facebook post has been shared 200 times uh, that drinking water every sorry 200,000 times that drinking water every 15 minutes will prevent you from getting it. Uh, I think it's good to stay hydrated, but that's not going to work. <laughs> you'll um, pee a lot. There is a yeah, you'll pee yeah. a lot. Uh, there's a, a fake uh, UNICEF account that was there that uh, avoiding heat. Sorry, opposite uh, going towards heat. So like uh, hot showers. Or um, they even said like blowing yourself with a hairdryer um, that that could help prevent. That's not it's not going to do anything. Not true. Uh, garlic was another one I saw that eating garlic prevents you from getting infection. Um, it, it only could in the sense that maybe people won't want to be around you, so just they're going <laughs> to try to keep their distance from the from the smell. But um, but that's yeah. I mean, the garlic itself is not going to do anything. Man, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You people will stay away. I mean, that six foot. I, I would stay away from someone with that. Yeah, six feet, um, six feet is a good, healthy. I, I also just wanted to say, you know, for people in your profession and your line of work, mm -hmm. I think we should acknowledge, you know, you guys are working your butts off as a community to help resolve this, help find solutions for us. And you guys are under a lot of pressure, stress, duress. And, you know, some people, they direct their frustrations in the wrong way. So I just want to say thank you to you, A, thank for being here and contributing nice. all this knowledge um, for my audience and for people that watch this and listen to this. And B, just as a human, like, just thank you so much. So I just want to oh, at least ex extend that kind. appreciation, you know? That's very kind. I really can't take uh, that much credit myself. It's really, I mean, this is a, a global effort and there's a lot of uh, people that are definitely there on the front lines. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I do appreciate that. Um, I do want to say if, uh, you think that you might be getting sick, um, then uh, I would recommend calling your physician. Uh, I would call before you go in because you don't want to go mm. and, you know, infect a bunch of people. Um, same thing calling, you know, local emergency department. Um, or you can always call, again, the CDC, which is a 1-800-CDC-INFO is the number. Um, their website is also fantastic. They've got some really nice uh handouts there that kind of review everything same thing with the who 
you know, all of these, uh, WHO is a World Health Organization, all of these uh, institutions that are there to help try to get a hold on this as soon as possible. Um, so yeah, I think that the, the most important take home message is it's not a zombie apocalypse. This is not <laughs> the end of the world, uh, but it is something to be taken seriously. And uh, I think that the way that we can try to, you know, manage this curve here is to uh, try to isolate ourselves in the sense that trying to maintain six feet, avoiding unnecessary meetings and, and definitely travel. I would be careful about, you know, unless it's super important, washing your hands, 20 seconds, soap and water, get your fingernails, get the back of your hands, sanitizer if that's not available. Um, and uh, again, uh, as we mentioned, think about our neighbors. This is not just about your own risk, but it's about the whole, you know, the whole community. So proactivity is always better than reactivity. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much again, Doc Knock. Is there a place where people maybe can find, you know, find you or contact you if they feel like it? I think some people sure. might just from hearing you talking again. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy. Um, you know, um, not super active on social media, but uh, definitely you can find me at uh, A-M-I-R-N-A-Q-V-I-D-O at uh, uh, Twitter and both uh, and Instagram. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you again so much for your time, for knowledge, sure. and um, I'm sure this is going to help many people out that listen and just kind of wrap their heads around this um, because we don't have all the time of the day to just sit in front. Well, some of us do sit in front of our computers <laughs> and absorb content all the time. So just want to say thanks again and really appreciate sure. it. Thank you for having me so much. All right. So a big thanks to Doc Knock for hanging with us and just giving us so much information. I think the thing that stood out to me the most you probably figured out 20 seconds to wash your hands, get in your nails. That's that's just a long time, but I'm going to I'm going to try and do it. I'm really really going to try and do it. Okay, so we have a bunch of news stories now. I want to leave with that. This is going to be an extra long show, but you know what? I think you all appreciate it. The more the merrier. So let's just jump into the big news this week. I think the latest news that dropped and there's a tons of news this week is that Apple announced today as of Friday the 13th WWDC will be a digital-only event set to take place in June, obviously, so there will not be an actual conference on hand. They're going to put their keynotes, their sessions online. There's They didn't give all the details, but they basically said, you know, you'll be able to do all this online this year. Normally, it's held at the McHenry Convention Center in San Jose, California, but obviously, we've seen how coronavirus cases have grown. We still aren't exactly sure where we stand in the U.S., and we don't know what's going to happen. There's been so many events that have been canceled nationwide that Apple's really choosing to do their part, which I really appreciate. And then also, if you're talking about another Apple event, we had all expected a lot of the rumors and the blogs and even just from patterns from last year that we would maybe get some sort of an Apple product event at the end of March, potentially March 31st. Well, it was first reported as a possibility by John Prosser from Front Page Tech. And then later on, Cult of Mac swooped in and said, it is officially being postponed. The March event will not happen. And there's some reasons behind this. Basically, Santa Clara County is the county where Apple's headquarters is in. That's also the county where I'm from, where I'm born. I I mean, I literally grew up in Cupertino and Sunnyvale as a kid. And so they have put a shutdown on any events with more than 1,000 people. I think they're shutting it down from March 11th to April the 1st. And so if Apple even wanted to have an event, they wouldn't be able to on that March 31st date because that falls within that kind of time frame. And that time frame may change. We don't know exactly what's going to happen by then. It could end there or it could get extended. We just don't know. 
the other part of this is that according to Cult of Mac, Apple technically has had some delays in producing two of the primary products. And the products that we believe will be here is the iPhone 9 slash SE2. We're expecting to see the new iPads um, and maybe seeing new MacBooks. At least that was the hope. Um, but again, we don't know. The assumption is that, remember, China and Apple, when they first experienced coronavirus, they shut down all their factories for a few weeks. They shut down their stores as well. And that's going to clearly create a delay in the supply chain. So you've got to imagine that the iPhone 9 or SE2 is one of those products that was delayed. So there's not going to be a March event, but everything is leaning towards maybe we start seeing stuff just like an online release. Apple did this last year where they did this like this boom, boom, boom. I think it was like three days of just announcement after announcement after announcement. So we'll wait and see if that happens. But I think the other big, big news here this week, specifically from Apple, and guess what? I'm not going to say the C word computer. No, I'm not going to say the Corona word, but iOS 14, the beta got in the hands of nine to five Mac and nine to five Mac has been doing a ridiculous amount of digging and have revealed so many things for upcoming products this year. It's overwhelming, but I'm going to try and give it to you, give you as much as I can. And it starts with the iPad, but not just the iPad, the iPad smart keyboard. So inside the code of iOS 14, 9to5Mac found references that confirm two new smart keyboard models are in development. Specifically, these would be aligned with the iPad Pro. The assumption would be they're the 12.9-inch iPad Pro and the 11-inch iPad Pro, but these smart keyboard cases are different because there's been rumors about a trackpad on them. In iOS 14, it confirms that these will have not only a trackpad, but also iOS 14 will have more mouse cursor support. So this then leads us to believe, okay, well, what can it do? Well, Apple is developing kind of different mouse actions that have been confirmed inside the code. One of them would be, right, the iPad is a touch-first experience. People have complained to me and said, I don't want an iPad with a trackpad. I don't want a mouse. Well, guess what? You don't need to use it. To me, I love the option that it is evolving and growing, and it'll still be exactly the same as it is today, but it can do a little more. So stuff that might be annoying to someone who doesn't want a mouse tra- a mouse pointer on their iPad is that it will, when you hover over things and you're just not using it anymore, the actual cursor will disappear. So you can kind of jump between using it as touch or touching your trackpad or mouse and then using it as a mouse. The other thing is the mouse pointer, much like it does on your computer when you move it around, it's that arrow, but then when it hovers over links that can be clicked, it turns into that hand, that finger that points on it, and you'll be able to do it. You'll be able to just click on it that way. There's also a new support for tapping with two fingers on a trackpad for right-clicking. That is if you're using the smart keyboard case. And so also this tap-to-click setting, which basically informs us that there's going to be some sort of way to depress this trackpad or it's some sort of a haptic feedback trackpad and when i think about this off the top of my head because i remember i had to look it up for one of my videos the smart keyboard currently for the 12.9 inch ipad pro is 199 and the smart keyboard folio same thing i just forgot to say folio in the last one for the ipad pro 11 inch is 179 so we're talking about 199 and 179 
you're adding a haptic or touch feedback clickable trackpad on top of that keyboard, it's not gonna get cheaper, y'all. It's gonna get more expensive. And I wouldn't be surprised if the trackpad keyboard was like 249 bucks and 229, maybe even more, but it's gonna get up there. I mean, we're talking about converting this into an actual computer, basically. And that is not gonna come cheap when just a keyboard on that thing is 199. So all of the gestures and support are inside of the code of iOS 14. That tells us that iPad OS is going to support a trackpad and bring more functionality, which means not only will there have to be mouse gestures, but there's gotta be more overall new cool software hooks. And so I'm excited about that as my really primary on-the-go device, not my primary creation tool, but there's times where I'm just laying back and hanging out with it. I'm like, man, it would be sick if I had a trackpad on this. And so to do more work, I think the other indication or the hope, the hope of hopes, which I've been hoping for, for what, four, five years now, is that we finally get some level of pro apps. I'm not asking for desktop apps, but some level of pro apps on the iPad Pro to complement this because Apple has been slacking on that. It's just, it's tiring. Also in the leaks from 9to5Mac and iOS 14, Apple Watch blood oxygen detection feature has been found in the code itself. Now, this is really great. Apple will add the ability to detect blood oxygen levels for the first time. Right now, blood oxygen levels between 95 and 100% are considered really healthy. Blood oxygen levels below 80% may lead to compromised heart and brain functionality. So that could give you a risk of respiratory or cardiac arrest. So what's happening now is there is no confirmation if this new feature is supported by the current hardware and software. Will this be a feature only available in the Apple Watch Series 6 or will it just be a software update? Let's say going back as far as I'm not sure which Apple Watch, maybe the 4. I mean, quite honestly, other than the ECG, the Apple Watch pretty much has the same hardware if you go all all the way even to the beginning for heart rate tracking. So um, we'll see how this all comes together, but it's a real, real, another killer feature that continues to advance this as the ultimate consumer health tool on your wrist. It may not be, it's not a professional, professionally like, you know, super, 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 super accurate. But when we talked to Doc Knock, what it was maybe a month, month and a half ago, he talked about how they're pretty accurate from a standpoint of you can get readings that can give doctors the right information that they need and really good information at times as well. So I think this is a real exciting move for the Apple Watch. iOS 14 also revealed a whole little dumpster of little nuggets for a lot of products coming out. We know the iPhone 9 slash SE2. There's been rumors that Touch ID would be on it. This confirms that Touch ID will be on it. There's also some new iPad Pro details. There's been rumors that there would be a triple lens camera with a time of flight sensor. That's that 3D sensor that is really going to kind of boost and push Apple towards this augmented reality world. In the code, it confirms that there is clearly going to be a triple lens camera setup and that 3D time of flight sensor will be the first on an Apple device coming out before the Apple iPhone gets it. And then on top of that, you wanna talk about where, where it could be going. The reports that inside the code, there's a new app that they're working on, a new augmented reality app called Gobi. And it's being tested right now, specifically in Apple stores and Starbucks restaurants. And the idea is that there's gonna be some sort of a QR 
code type tag on the wall that lets your device know where it's at. And then when you move your phone or iPad around, you'll be looking at an augmented reality version of that world and information and pop-ups should show up to give you more information of where you are. This is all in the code of iOS 9. We've also seen plenty of rumors about an Apple TV potentially coming even as far back as iOS, uh, sorry, tvOS 13 code revealed that a new Apple TV 4K was on the way, but it didn't really give any specifics. It just dropped a model number. iOS 14 reveals there's also a new Apple TV remote. And I love this, okay? I don't know. I think the Apple TV remote is trash. Have you tried accurately scrolling and actually landing where you want to land, whether it's on a tile, whether it's when you're trying to navigate through the the timeline to get to a specific part of a movie, whether it's selecting anything, it can be maddening. So I'm hoping we have some sort of a trackpad that's not all touch and actually has physical tactile buttons. Call me old school. This You might have a strong opinion on this, and if you do, call in the show, right? Voice memo, applebitshow at gmail.com. But a new Apple TV remote, it's not described what it does or what it's like, has been revealed in the iOS 14 code. On top of that other Apple TV news, a workouts app is coming. It's codenamed Seymour. I'd like to imagine uh, that partnered with the new Apple TV remote is Seymour Butts. It's not funny. I try to, I think I used that horrible joke in the video and I'm sure it didn't land. Maybe, you know what? At least one person laughed. That's my, that's my goal. Someone, someone will laugh, hopefully, like hopefully. But this application will allow users to download guided workouts, be coached via the Apple TV. The data will sync to your Apple Watch while you can use Apple Music integrated into it to hear music during the workouts. It really shows the power of the ecosystem. We talk about it all the time, but there's real power in it. And then another nugget, Apple's newest AirTags, the trackers that have been pretty much leaked, those wireless trackers will be able to be paired kind of in a group with the Apple iPhone. And you'll also be able to track them via augmented reality and they'll be able to play a sound to help you find them. So... There's just a lot, a lot of stuff coming out from there. HomeKit lovers, I know I've been number one critic of HomeKit. It continues to get a little better with features here and there. I think people that are using it and aren't doing too much complex stuff enjoy it. Again, my biggest criticism of it is that beyond Siri being Siri, you've heard me talk about that, how much it's still behind. And you know that, and I know that, we all know that. But Apple HomeKit itself just isn't compatible with that many devices. They didn't talk about new compatibility, but they're going to be adding three new features. Night shift for lights. So that's, you know how your screen on your iPhone or your iPad, it can, it stays cool. Like the color tone is cool during the day and then warmer during the night to help you sleep kind of with those biorhythms that we have. They're going to add that into lights. And so your lights can automatically change or shift depending on the time of day. That's going to be a new feature with um, iOS 14 and HomeKit. Another one that they have is if you have any HomeKit security cameras, so HomeKit Secure Video is building this kind of um, building on their smart camera support with a feature like object recognition that could kind of distinguish between people, animals, and vehicles. Well, they're expanding that with a new face classification feature, basically a certain level of face recognition 
that will allow it to identify people. And then not only will it be able to detect people in general, but it will give you notifications around the specific person or people that it detects on camera. So it's really, the goal is, hey, you walk into your room and then it gives you information or maybe notifications about you, the person, because it knows who you are. So that's cool if you have smart cameras everywhere, which I don't, but it's neat. And then I've got to show love for my HomePod users. Remember I told you all about that deal on Best Buy. It's still going on, $199 for a HomePod, brand new, spank out of the box. If you're on the fence, I'm, I think it's worth it. They're finally adding an option on tvOS 14 to include a permanent audio output option for Apple TV streaming boxes. So what does that mean? A lot of times, right, you have to go into the AirPlay section, then choose a device to stream music to it, and it changes every time, or you have to redo it every time. Now, in the new version of tvOS 14 that will be coming out, a user could permanently select HomePod stereo pairs if you're one of the three people in this world that have HomePod stereo for your TV. You can set it as the default output option without manually choosing the AirPlay 2 option to target them each time. That's great news for you three people. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, there's there's a lot of other kind of subtle stuff. You know, iOS 14 is showing that iPhone is gonna get this list view of apps. It's what's available on the Apple Watch where you can see all your apps listed alphabetically with the idea or thinking that maybe you'll be able to categorize them differently for most recently used apps or apps with notifications, just kind of another way to view your apps instead of this mumble jumble of just swiping through multiple panels. Some people like it different. It's on the Apple Watch. I honestly didn't even know it was available on the Apple Watch. So there's stuff like that going on. Also, you wanna find out what's new in hardware? This report from Mac Rumors says that if we look back and turn the clock back to last year, one of their sources gave them a tip claiming that, hey, Apple's gonna announce new iPads and iMacs and iPod models three days in a row in a week. And this person was pretty much on the money. Apple released iPads, Apple released iMacs, and instead of iPods, Apple released AirPods. So on the money again, well, this same contact is now telling them that next week we are expecting to see new MacBook Air models. Well, there is no confirmation of this anywhere right now, but this is their tipster that had proven to be right last year saying it again. So not only would it be, okay, if MacBook Air models are coming next week, is next week the week that Apple does their triple threat or their throwdown of online product announcements? If it does, that's great for me because that means I got a whole lot of videos to talk about, but this would be the MacBook Air rumored to be coming with the uh, scissor switch keyboard that we see on the current 16 inch. Even just a few days ago, there was a report from Ming-Chi Kuo that a new MacBook Pro and new MacBook Air models would get them that scissor switch keyboard by the second quarter of 2020. April or end of March, April is basically starting the second quarter of 2020. We know it's already in the 16 inch. We know the 14.1 inch model that's been rumored would pretty much be that MacBook Pro model that is expected to replace the 13 inch MacBook Pro. And then the MacBook Air would get it. So we will see if that's happening. Also, Ming-Chi Kuo reports that the MacBooks with an Apple-designed processor, you, you've got to believe that that's in 
custom ARM processor that they're working on will come to new MacBook Pro sometime, or sorry, will come to a new MacBook either the end of this year, the fourth quarter of 2020, or the first quarter of 2021. I don't know if they'll do it finally. To me, it's about the biggest issue is that the Surface Pro X came out this past year with a custom ARM processor. The hardware, the design was amazing. The performance was all right. But the biggest issue it had is that apps and software programs were not compatible with its processor and you just couldn't run certain things on it and that held it back. And also their custom ARM processor isn't as beefy as what Apple's been putting out. And so we know in the past, as far back as the iPhone 7 with Apple's A10 processor, it was able to outperform all the MacBook Airs at the time. And that might be more a statement about where the MacBook Airs were. But now if you fast forward to the A13 and what it's been able to do, it's performing on the same level as an entry-level MacBook Pro, basically. Not a beefed up one, not the souped up creator one, but it's more than enough to handle basic computer tasks, web surfing, browsing, doing some photo work, doing some word processing app. You know, it can handle that. I don't know how much of, it maybe won't be able to do super intensive video editing, but I bet you could still do video editing and get away with it. So this is all, this is all coming. This is all coming. We're gonna transition a little quickly. I know I said I wouldn't say the C word. But a little little hits here and there. Apple's news app gains the coronavirus special coverage section. So if you really want to be on top of that, you want to check it out. Apple's also limiting AirPods and Apple Watch try-ins, try-ons in retail stores to help prevent the spread. So before, they'd always be like, hey, come over here. You want to try a watch? Hey, hey you want to put some, some AirPods in your ear that someone else just put in their ears? Come on. I, I don't even get the whole, even amongst my family, I'm like, oh, I didn't want, I felt weird offering my AirPods Pros to have my nieces try on because I'm like, do you really want to stick that in your ear that's been in my ear? So there's no way in hell that I'm going to do it at an Apple store. Maybe you're that guy or girl. If you have no problem doing that, call in and tell me why. Because I think it's gross. It is gross to stick in a total stranger's AirPods in your ear, or even worse than an Apple store, someone who tried them and someone tried them before them and someone tried them before them, them, before you put it in your ears. That's just nasty. Ugh. I'm getting like, I like my body shook thinking about it. It's, it's disturbing. All right, before we wrap up, we're gonna hit some coronavirus stories. I know you don't wanna hear this, but you know what? This just shows how much this is obviously affecting us the world, the economy. We know about all the conferences that have been shut down. What we had E3, NAB, Google IO, Facebook F8, NBA, NBA took the lead and really made it apparent that this is not, we're not doing this. And especially because one of their players, Rudy Gobert, Utah Jazz Center, was diagnosed with coronavirus. And once one guy has it, other guys are going to. He he spread it to Donovan Mitchell one of his fellow players, they have shut down all basketball activities. Um, it's suspended. We don't know if it's going to come back or when it's going to come back. We're just going to have to let this process happen. NHL shut down, MLB shut down after that. I did though enjoy flipping on the TV and seeing Friday night SmackDown, WWE SmackDown in an empty arena 
They were still doing the show. Gotta love that. Microsoft build, not. March Madness in 2020, not happening. I was even supposed to go to Portland this weekend um, to do a race and hang out. My girlfriend and I, we completely canceled all those plans. So it's having an effect worldwide, globally. So obviously Apple needs to react. Apple's closed all stores in Spain and Italy. Italy, as we mentioned in the interview with uh, Doc Knock, is a hotbed right now. They're really trying to get it under control. They are completely shutting down. There's not even going to be any Catholic mass in Italy, um, in Rome. They're shutting everything down. Services, done. So what has Apple been doing? Well, Apple canceled all their Today at Apple sessions until at least April 3rd. So these are those classes that brought people in, really made it kind of a meeting and greeting place. Those are all gone. Those are going to be done till April the 5th. Here's where things get really dicey. Like I'm in Southern California and an Apple store employee that was on leave from the Santa Monica store is confirmed to have contracted coronavirus. So this is the Third Street Promenade store located in Santa Monica, California. The employee had actually been on leave to take care of a relative since March 2nd. 10 days before actually being diagnosed. Now, there's no word if that relative also had coronavirus or not. But Apple says it consulted the health experts. They did an overnight deep cleaning of that Third Street Promenade store. Um, it's still open. Apple previously initiated like more often extended cleanings on all the devices throughout the day. And then they've reduced density at the store by canceling, canceling the Today at Apple sessions. They're spacing out genius appointments and they're doing these measures across all stores, but they are staying open in the US right now. Um, they have so, so far remained open, but you know, if it gets really bad here in the US because we, I don't think we've hit our peak at all, maybe they will shut them down. I will say this weekend I'm staying in and I didn't want to go out, but I have to go out because my this is really weird, but and I swear to you, I did not hit it. I did not drop it. I did not dent it. But I opened up my 16-inch MacBook Pro, and it had been sitting on my table the whole time. And as I opened it, I had my finger in the lower right corner, and all of a sudden, I looked at it, and my I was like, why isn't my screen working? And it, it was cracked in the corner. There's no pressure indentation. There's no ding or anything. It just it cracked. My screen broke on my 16-inch MacBook Pro. So I'm going to the Apple Store tomorrow to take it in. I don't want to go to the Apple Store to take it in. I'm trying to be, lay low this weekend. But it happens, so I will keep you posted how that all goes. It's just a first-world problem, but it's a big deal because that is my workhorse. That's, that's how I do everything. Also, Apple suspends all active filming on Apple TV shows, so every TV show that you can think of that was in production for Apple TV has been shut down. I mean, being here in Hollywood, a lot of the productions, whether they're overseas or here locally, have also been shut down. This is unlike anything we've ever seen before, and, you know, prayers that we get through this together and also just i'm thinking of the families and people that are affected because there's a there's a lot of some cavalier attitudes and i think we need to really look out for each other i think we need to think of other people i think we need to think of everyone and more than anything in 2020 with all the crazy stuff that's happened you know kobe bryant's passing and how he passed and with his daughter and all those families on the helicopter that was a moment where we were like you know what you got to realize like there's things that are more important than some of the stupid stuff you care about family, friends, loved ones, the most important thing. We all of a sudden have coronavirus and it's just like things are getting canceled left and right. And even before organizations and the government said, we're shutting this down, we're closing down travel borders, 
two weeks before it, I said, this is a big deal. Like we need to be take this more seriously. But it also, all these people that, you know, sometimes in the tech world, people complain about, I got to go to this event. Uh, this is annoying. There's no excuse for that. We are so lucky to do what we do, to have what we have. And I hope that maybe 2020 in a weird way is a year where we have more gratitude and maybe come down a little notch and be more humble and grateful for what we have because we are so lucky. You're listening to a podcast right now about tech and we're just hanging out. I feel like that is lucky. We are lucky to do that. And I've always felt this way, but now I at least get a vocally express it and there's events or things around it that maybe help our perspective a little bit. So just want to give you a little bit of food for thought because um, this is this is a platform that we can talk about these things from a tech sense, from a culture sense, from a human sense. And uh, there's just there's just a lot of stuff going on. So just keep that in mind. All right, everybody, that is gonna do it for this week. We have a really long show, so I'm not gonna include voicemails. I'll keep them for next week. But remember, call in, be a part of this, applebitshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. Record a voice memo, send it my way. I'll be there. And thanks again for our Platinum Apple sponsors at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Freighter, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatakar. Thank you all so, so much for your support. And for all of you listening, remember, patreon.com slash Tong is the way you can do it starting at $2. So until then, everybody, you know, it's a new world. Be safe. Quarantine and chill this weekend. Just be careful. Wash your hands. Stay away from others for now. This whole social distancing thing, I think it's important. And you know what? I'm lucky enough and you're lucky enough that we're going to be able to talk to each other in another week through videos, through podcasts. And again, take care of yourself and your loved ones, and we'll talk to you soon. So that's it for this week. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Be safe. Peace. Peace.